Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to Talk 40 to Me. We're having all the candid conversations you'd have with your bestie. Join us as we unpack life in our 40s and all the questions that led up to this next chapter. Hi, everyone. This is Brandy. And this is Angelina. Welcome to another episode of Talk 40 to Me. Woo woo. I feel like you always go woo woo. So I, I, I do. I do. I had to do it. I had to and do I'm whoop, trying whoop to not you. say I'm so excited because every single episode we say that we're so excited. What's another, what's a synonym for excited? Elated. Elated. Let's use that one. <laughs> we are so elated today. Let's do it. You guys, I have been waiting for this moment ever since Angelina and I started talking about the podcast. You have heard Sarah Reardon, The Vagina Whisper. We will talk about that in a minute, Taylor. But it, she was one of the reasons that inspired Angelina and I to start this podcast to talk about things that we don't we don't normally discuss that we keep to ourselves in close proximity sometimes feel alone and so that was one of the inspirations in terms of you know talking about things that aren't necessarily common topics amongst friend groups which with Sarah it was pelvic floor therapy Today is another one of those instances where I have been through a huge journey in my life with a lot that has opened my eyes. I'm not perfect at it, but at the same time, I am so much more educated and aware of my body and how my body feels that I cannot begin to express the appreciation of the person that is on with us today because she has genuinely changed my life for the better. And so I would like to introduce you guys to Taylor Stolt. She is a functional medicine dietitian, hormone and gut health expert, founder of the Restore Program, an online program that empowers women to take control of their hormones and feel better in their bodies. And Taylor has helped hundreds of women rebalance their hormones naturally so they can enjoy all day energy, more restful sleep, mood boost, mental clarity, less bloating, easier periods, improved fertility, and faster metabolism. So. I think you guys are going to learn so much on this call. Note that, you know, none of this can substitute one-on-one -on -one medical advice. This is really just for information, but I have to say from personal experience, I did not know what functional medicine was. I didn't know that there was a such thing as a functional medicine dietitian until I, I, I went through a health journey of my own. And so I'm just so happy to be able to be able to share my journey as well as just some little nuggets that maybe you may or may have not heard of before. So with that, Taylor, welcome so much to Talk 40 to me. Thank you. I'm like, I don't even know what to say after that intro. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. The, the pleasure is all mine. It, people, I, clients thank me all the time, but I'm like, you don't understand how thankful that I am for my clients. I'm like, I am so blessed to do what I do. So, so thank you for being a client, Brandy. <laughs> and thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So Taylor, do you want to tell, I know I kind of gave a little bit of a high level about you. Would you like to share a little bit more about your background, your journey, what's kind of led you into this space and a little bit more details about your practice? Yes. My journey, I think like many functional medicine practitioners started with my own health issues. And I think that it's important to note that there is a time and a place for conventional medicine for sure. But I think a lot of people are realizing the support that they need, the answers they need, they're not finding it. And that was definitely the case for me. 
I started to experience some health issues as early as high school. And I saw some conventional medicine doctors and they spent two minutes with me. They're like, you're fine. You look healthy. They did very basic blood work. And they're like, no, you're fine. And sent me on my way. So I did that for, I explored conventional medicine for a few years and just was really frustrated with it. And then I heard about functional medicine and looked into it and it it made sense to me. It was like these practitioners are looking at the body as a whole and they're looking at different body systems as being connected. And I started to see a functional medicine practitioner and that was a game changer for me. I realized that I had Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition. I realized the power of my diet became very interested in functional medicine and decided that was a career that I wanted to pursue. And so I got my undergraduate degree at Texas A&M in nutritional science. I did my dietetic internship, took the national board exam, became a registered dietitian. And then I became certified in functional medicine. Um, And I joined a collaborative practice, which is the, the time that Brandy met me where I learned a lot at that practice from a variety of practitioners. So functional medicine is very, very, very helpful for me. And I think another important part of my journey is I also realized that with functional medicine, there can be some complications with just relationship with food. There are a lot of very extreme protocols out there in functional medicine. And for me, I I developed a complicated relationship with food for a period of time because I felt like things were getting more and more restrictive for me. And it was really stressful for me. And just with my personality, I like, I took it to an extreme and it became pretty socially isolating. And so over the course of my journey, I have finally found balance. And that's something that I really like to keep in mind with the women that I work with one-on-one, the women that I work with in my group program, because I spent so much time on just the food piece that I neglected, like social connection with others and getting enough sleep and other parts of health that are so critical. And so that is something that I have folded into my practice for sure. It's like the food is so important and that that is an important piece of health, but we also have to think about these other aspects of health as well. Whenever we have a one-on-one, it's almost like a therapy session. Cause (laughs) (laughs) I get that a lot. (laughs) Because we're talking about how much sleep, what kind of stress do you have? What's going on? How's your diet been? And so really looking at the total being and how some of those lifestyle and food choices are affected by everyday stressors and how to kind of get back on track, which is, I mean, truthfully, one of my hardest things is like you get off track so easily and getting back on track is so difficult. There's a lot up against us in America, honestly, like the food is just not as high quality. You can look at a food product in the US versus Europe and it literally has different ingredients, even though it's the same food product. And we see the same thing with personal care products. There are ingredients that are not allowed in Europe and they are allowed here. The culture is slightly different. We're we're generally less active. So you're definitely up against a lot. And I think that's why it's it's so helpful to work with someone like one-on-one or group setting who can help keep you accountable and get you into a rhythm where you're like, yeah, this is my this is my new normal. Sustainability is like so important to me because you don't want to do something so extreme that 
you do it for a couple of months, you feel great. And then you fall off and you're right back at square one again. I was curious, what is the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian, And how does the functional medicine play into that? Yeah. So a nutritionist doesn't have a formal definition or any like formal requirements. So it's kind of a, you can, you can look online and find a, a nutritionist program and you could become certified in becoming a nutritionist, or you can become a nutritionist online without any like formal background in nutrition, any specific undergraduate classes, anything like that. Anyone can become a nutritionist. The requirements for becoming a dietitian are very, are a lot stricter and very set in stone, more specific. So now you have to have a master's. When I became a dietitian, that was not required, but um, you have to get specific undergraduate courses and those are very science heavy. So dietitians have a good understanding of how the body works. It's not just like, let's learn about food. It's also like, how does, how all these different systems in the body work? How does it all play together? I had to take like organic chemistry, even just a lot of very heavy science classes. And then after that, you do an internship where you are supervised for about a year. Most programs are a year long and you get thousands of supervised hours. And then you sit for a national board exam. You have to pass that. And then once you become a dietitian, you do have to get continued education credits each year. And that keeps you up to date with the science and, and the research. And so there are a lot of requirements for becoming a dietitian and they are medical practitioners, functional medicine, dietitian would be looking at all aspects of health. So not just the food that you're eating, which is much more complicated than just calories, but also like, what do your stress levels look like? Because we know that if your cortisol, your stress hormone is elevated, it's going to affect the, the way that your body processes the food you're eating. It's going to affect your calorie expenditure. Your, your sex hormones can impact your weight. There's a lot more going into that equation and functional medicine dietitians understand that. And they're approaching it from they're They're using a very comprehensive approach versus just meal plan, calories in, calories out. Yeah. And Angelina, when, when I first started working with Taylor and functional practitioners within the group, they ran an extensive amount of blood work on me. Mm -hmm. And they also checked hormone levels, cortisol, what else? Adrenals. And I mean, like, there's all these, like, I I didn't even understand, like some of the reports that came back, but (laughs) in sitting down with Taylor, it was so fascinating because we were even looking at in the wheat zoomer, mm-hmm. something like how your body responds to like gluten and mm-hmm. other ingredients. And so talking about everything holistically, like cut down on coffee because it's not really helping with X, Y, and Z. And so it, it was, I kind of really butchered that, but it was just really fascinating to see like how she took all this blood work and other things also other labs that they did to really say like, here's what's happening with your body. And here's the process that we need to try to go in and correct it. Yeah, definitely. I love lab analysis. It's one of my favorite things. And the thing that's so interesting to it or interesting about it to me is it is all so connected. And the more and more that I have learned, that is something that has stood out to me. Like the other day I was looking at research on liver health and sleep. 
And I never would have guessed if you had asked me 10 years ago, like, is your liver health connected to your sleep quality? I'd say, no, that's, I mean, the body's all connected, but I don't think that has an impact. And I learned that it has a huge impact. So all of these different things, like they can look so separate and in the conventional medicine world, they are approached that way, but our body is so, everything is so intertwined. And so, yeah, your, your cortisol levels can impact like basically every other aspect of your health. And so it's really cool to see all these different labs that we run. They all point to the same root issues. I see it time and time again. It definitely reinforces like this is the most effective form of medicine and all of the things that I have learned, I see in practice and addressing those root causes and using that lab work, it actually helps. So it's very cool to see in real life, not just on paper in the research. Yeah. Talking a little bit more about my story, I mentioned how life-changing it was for me. Just to kind of share a little bit more for our audience, I've had a lifelong journey of stomach issues and other health issues, hormones and things like that. And got tested for celiac and some other stomach uh, diseases, but everything came back negative. But yet I still continue to have the issues that I had. And it wasn't until I went through this journey where through the discovery of AIP, which was so painful. <laughs> it was <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> it was so tough. The toughest thing I've probably ever done because of the discipline that's required. But I learned so much about my body during that time period in how well I felt then. And then the journey to reintroducing foods in that I discovered the food sensitivities that I had. And ever since I eliminated those items, I feel like a new person. I don't really have the stomach issues that I had before. I feel better. I mean, there's still things where I'm tired a lot. And, but at the same time, I mean, just it's, it was, it's like night and day from where I was and the knowledge that I have knowledge is power. And I've learned so much because throughout this journey, it's been also educating me on my choices and understanding what is my body doing, being more in tune with what my body. So that way I can better address, you know, how do I start to work on healing myself? And, and a lot of people weren't talking about like gut health. And now you hear it a lot about the gut and the mind. And, and that's not something that I had heard before then. Yeah, I think that it, things are changing, which is exciting. That functional medicine is talked about so much more than it was, yeah, five, 10 years ago. And all of this connectedness in the body is talked about more than it used to be. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit more about building your Instagram, your videos, your reels, your posts have been so educational from talk, which is something that's super common that people are talking about these days is intermittent fasting. Like you've really raised mm -hmm. discussion on that topic as well as many other things. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Like your Instagram and what your, you know, kind of your platform? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instagram is, a uh, uh, to be completely transparent, it's been a very rocky road, a very like roll a roller coaster, I would say. <laughs> uh, when I first started know what I was doing. I was just posting, you know, random food that I would make. And this is years and years and years ago. And so it is very exciting to look at it now and see how it's transformed. And it, for me, I, I really wanted it to be a place where I could clear up a lot of messages that people have been told, a lot of things people have been told that are not correct, because knowledge is power, like you said, and a scary thing about 
today is we have a lot of information. We have more information at our fingertips than ever before, but it's very hard to identify what information is correct and what is not. And so I wanted to be someone on a social media platform where they could trust the information because even in the health space, there are a lot of people who are not like qualified medical professionals and they're they're finding something that's helpful for them and that's fine, but they're, they're sharing that information with a lot of other people. And a lot of people are taking that as fact. And so it can just, it can be like kind of a scary space because it, it's hard to know who to trust. And so uh, for me, the, the platform is transitioned from just a place for me to share like recipes and food to sharing a lot of education. And a lot of that edu- education I have been told from followers is I'm relearning like, oh, I thought this was correct. And now I'm learning that that's actually not correct. So intermittent fasting is a big one. I'm always thinking like, what are things that, yeah, people have probably heard that are actually not correct. And especially men versus women, because that's something else I see a lot too, is like, we have a lot of research on intermittent fasting specifically and men there, there's only been one research study, unless something came out this year on intermittent fasting in women. And we find that it affects us much differently than men. For men, it's very helpful for blood sugar stability and for weight loss. And for women, we see the opposite effect. There was a research study on women who just had coffee for breakfast instead of eating. So what a lot of women are doing now, because they're like, this is going to help me lose weight. And in the research study, they saw that their blood sugars actually spiked complete opposite of what we want for weight loss and complete opposite of what we see in the research for men. So it's like, it's actually destroying your hormones. It's destroying your metabolism. It's going to make it harder to lose weight. And so, yeah, that's, those are the types of education that I like to highlight is this stuff. That's like, this is, this is a uh, specific to women. Cause we hear a lot of cookie cutter stuff out there. That's actually just true for men. <laughs> women are more complicated. Feel like that's just the resounding all the time we talk about how yeah. life as a female is just it's mm-hmm. hard it's it's very different we speak a lot with women that are approaching their 40s or in their 40s and sort of a resounding you know question that we often discuss is you know how how are our bodies changing how are our hormones changing as you work with clients around our age, is there anything that you found interesting and that we should know or be in tune with as we approach this next decade of our life? I think something that a lot of women entering their forties are surprised by is that menopause is closer than they thought it would be at that time. Women can enter menopause as early as their thirties. The average age for menopause to be complete. Yeah. That's, that's early. I mean, that's not as common, but it's possible. So you can enter it in your thirties. Menopause by definition is you have not had a period for a full year. And you're typically like that phase of your life is done at that point. And the average age for that is 51, but the, the process of going through menopause and making that transition is typically between seven and 14 years long. So the average age is 51. And it could be as short as seven years or as long as 14. It's like a lot of women are starting that transition in their forties. You are much better off being more proactive, not only addressing your health and being proactive about smoothing out that transition, 
but also paying attention to fluctuations, not just in your periods, but also in other aspects of hormonal health, including like mood changes, energy changes, changes in your sleep, changes in your focus. Also, like so if brain fog is becoming a problem, that's a sign that hormones could be shifting. And it's really hard. Everybody has so much going on these days. I totally understand that if your health doesn't feel like a problem, it's going to be hard to put that as a priority. But I would say if you're a woman entering your 40s or you've been in your 40s, I would go ahead and start to to put that on a higher uh, pedestal or just make it a, a larger priority because you will be so glad that you did when you are entering menopause or if you're already you know, headed that way, you're, you're just going to be glad that you prioritized it rather than having to experience some really negative aspects of menopause because you didn't prioritize that sooner. What does that mean? Yeah, that's a question. Like what, what exactly specifically should we be doing? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I would say, I think that blood work is really helpful. Like if you are in your forties and you have never had like a full blown blood panel to get like your nutrient levels checked, like vitamin D, um, take a look at where your sex hormones are at and just see like what's going on internally in your body. I think that that's a really wise thing to do. It can be difficult to do that with a conventional medicine practitioner. Sometimes they will be okay with running some labs like per your suggestion, but it might be something that you want to explore with a functional medicine practitioner because they'll know what to order and they'll be willing to order it for you. And then I don't want to, I don't mean to say this is like a plug, but if you can find something, it doesn't have to be my program and it doesn't have to be working with me as a functional medicine practitioner, but some sort of like holistic practitioner who's going to take a look at your situation and explain to you how to support your hormones, not just your sex hormones, but the other three types of hormones. Because we have four types and they're all very connected. So you don't want to just it's not like you just do things to support your sex hormones. What you want to do is you want to support your blood sugar hormones, your adrenal hormones, which is like a lot of them have to do with stress levels, your sex hormones, and then your thyroid hormones. So some things just right off the bat, like if you don't need to just walk you through a few examples, like blood sugar support is very important. It is affected by our stress levels. It is affected by the food that we eat and balancing carbohydrates, fat, and protein. So those different macronutrients, food timing is important. So not intermittent fasting, um, eating every like four to five hours. So that's an example of like blood sugar support when it comes to adrenal support, again, like not skipping breakfast exercise, but not overdoing it. Cause that's something I see a lot is women are killing themselves in the gym or they're doing a lot of high intensity interval training, things like that. But we see that the, the most helpful thing is more strength-based training. So getting into some strength stuff, and it doesn't have to be like heavy weightlifting, but even body weights, just working on strength building and muscle building. So that would be more like adrenal support. As far as sex hormone support, kind of depends on the person. Um, so there are some supplements you can use to smooth the transition to menopause, but it really goes back to the foundations again. Even like following me on Instagram or someone else who is a professional in the space, understands women's health, understands women's hormones, is a medical practitioner and also has worked with women. You don't want to just see someone who understands the science, but I think it's also helpful 
for them to have worked with women so that they understand practical application. But doing something like that so that you can really understand the foundations, because it's going to support all four types of hormones. And that is what smooths out that transition into menopause. That was super helpful because when you were, you know, talking about the transition, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, wait, that's it. So, so for our audience who ha has maybe never heard of functional medicine or who is, you know, talking to their OBGYN about perimenopause, which I cannot begin to tell you how many people have called me and said, you need to talk about perimenopause on your podcast. <laughs> so it's good to kind of have sort of a, a little bit of a tidbit about that. So Taylor, it, it seems like you're really focused on women's hormone health. You talk about it on your platforms, but now you're also starting courses and you're having group programs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I worked one-on-one -on -one with clients for years and I love it, but I did realize, you know, I'm just one person. I'm limited in the number of people that I can see. And I did notice that over the course of that time, working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, I was saying a lot of the same things, recommending a lot of the same things over and over and over again. No matter what the blood work showed, no matter what the nutrient levels looked like, we still had to focus on certain foundational um, principles in order to support gut health or hormone health, no matter the symptom they were coming in with, these were the things that we had to address. Blood sugar balance has been so huge for all the women I've worked with supporting inflammation. So lowering inflammation levels has been huge and supporting adrenal health. So things that women are doing in the morning, things women are doing in the evening, and that's going to support, you know, good energy levels, good, like great mood, good sleep which can snowball one direction or the other. It's like if energy's bad and sleep is bad, it just gets worse and worse. So that was another big thing. So I, I took a step back and I was like, okay, what are the things that I talk with women about over and over again? What are really the foundations of hormonal health and how can I address that in a group format so that I can work with more women and also create a community? Because something that was big for me when I was going through my health journey and something that a lot of women have told me as they've gone through theirs is that like they felt very alone and they appreciated working with me because they're like, I, you know, I can talk to you, but it was still challenging. It's so much easier doing something hard and making changes with another person, whether it's a spouse or a friend or maybe a practitioner working with them one-on-one. -on -one. And so I wanted to create community in that as well. And I started my group program earlier this year. I took all those key principles, put them into video format and recorded those. And so there's not only videos of me speaking, which is pretty dang close to seeing me one-on-one -on -one in a Zoom call, <laughs> um, uh, but there's also a lot of very helpful practical resources too. So I'm very big on education. Brandy, you've mentioned this a few times, like you feel empowered by yeah. understanding your body understanding how it works, understanding how to support it. And so that is very big in the program. I don't want a woman to like feel better during it and then fall off after. I want to give them education and tools and resources to understand how their body works, how to support it and how to feel good now, as well as some women are, you know, in their early thirties in the program, some are in their fifties. It's like, no matter the life stage, these things apply 
and you can continue to apply these principles for the rest of your life and not only feel good now, but smooth out that transition into menopause and feel good no matter what life looks like. And that is what the program is all about. They also in the program get access to me because I didn't want the program to be, I've seen some programs where it's kind of on your own. It's like, here's the videos, like good luck. And I didn't want that. I wanted it to be more of a hybrid model. And I wanted to walk women through the transformation process. So there are a lot of videos, but they also have the ability to access me through a Zoom call every week that we do as a group and then through a Facebook page too, so that I can answer their questions and we can talk about things and support each other. So it's on the newer side as of right now. But so far, I've gotten a lot of really great feedback. And more importantly, women are seeing changes. And it's been really cool. And I'm really excited about it. I think I need to sign up. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested in this. We can talk later. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to message you. Okay. Hi, guys. Are you loving what Taylor is sharing and want to learn more? Great news. Taylor is offering our listeners $150 off her Restore Group program. Just visit her website at platoncanvas.com and when you enroll in her program, list TALK40 to me as the special code. There is a process to join her program and availability is limited. Now, back to the episode. So we talk a lot with a lot of different women about different you know, issues they may be having, but a resounding thing and I guess maybe because we're moms too, this is part of it. We're all so tired all <laughs> the time. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice for that? And at what point is it just, hey, I'm tired versus I need to seek out functional medicine mm -hmm. or another alternative? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is something that I hear a lot in my practice is fatigue. I would say to start, I'll give you, I'll just give like a few, a few tips that women can just start with, just assess like where you're at with this and, and make changes where you can. I would say that food is fuel. And if you're chronically under eating, and that is something I see a lot with women, um, they don't realize they're under eating. It's not even intentional some of the time, but they're really busy and they have three kids and they buy dinner. They're like, Oh, I haven't eaten today. If you're not eating enough, like you're going to be tired. So first, assess your eating, um, your eating schedule, try not to skip breakfast. Coffee is not a substitute for breakfast. And you may feel like superwoman at first skipping breakfast. Cause that, that can happen. Your body will pump out stress hormones to compensate for not having fuel, which feels good at first because it's, it's a stress hormone and you can also pump out adrenaline too. So you're going to feel like really energized and you'll have mental clarity and it'll be like that for a little bit, but then you'll start to feel tired. So if you're skipping breakfast, first off, start eating breakfast. And then throughout the day, try to eat every four to five ish hours. Generally after four to five hours, our blood sugars start to dip. And when blood sugars dip, we do not have enough fuel in our brain and you're not going to feel a lot of mental clarity and you're going to feel tired. So I would first just assess like, are you eating enough? That is a big one that I see. Another thing that is really helpful is paying attention to what you're doing in the morning and in the evening to support better sleep. Because even if you're laying in bed for eight hours, which 
is tough as a busy working mom. Um, but even if you're laying there for eight hours and your sleep quality is crappy, you're going to be really tired. So first, you know, are you getting enough sleep? Typically eight hours is what is necessary. And then also sleep quality. So some helpful things in the evening for winding down is like turning off overhead lights and turning off screens. It's, it's going to tell your brain that you need to stay awake and, and turning off the screens or turning down the brightness using things like night shift on your phone. I don't know if you guys have, have done that, but that's really helpful for signaling to the brain. Like it's time to go to sleep. It's time to wind down. And then in the morning, the things that we do in the morning can also affect our energy during the day and our sleep quality at night. So I have modules, like whole sections of my group program devoted to this. And I help women like create morning and evening routines that fit with their lifestyle and stuff. So we go into this in detail, but something in the morning that I encourage women to do if they have the time is to get outside and be exposed to daytime outside light within around an hour of waking up. That bright light, even if you like, if you think about a light inside that's really obnoxious, like you go to a doctor's office and it's like, ugh, this light's so bright. The lux level LUX is still a lot lower than walking outside and being outside on a cloudy day. It's a different type of light. If you can expose yourself to that outside light in the morning, it sets your circadian rhythm. So you actually get better sleep quality at night. And it improves your mood and your energy levels during the day. So those are helpful things for energy as well. Energy is affected by a lot of things. So (laughs) there are a lot of things that you can do. Like, Like I said before, like your liver health affects your sleep. So in the group program... I put a lot of emphasis on energy support. (laughs) Um, So there's definitely a lot of guidance there, but those are some things right off the bat. I would say that I see a lot of women doing wrong that they should focus on. So eating breakfast, eating enough, and then just assessing what are you doing in the evening and in the morning? So how can you kind of unwind in the evening? And then how can you wake your brain up first thing in the morning? Those are some things right off the bat. And then as far as when to seek help, I would say if you feel like you, if you really feel like you're, you're doing things right and your energy's not budging, it could be a, there could be a problem. Thyroid conditions are very common in women. And some people come to me and they're like, I'm doing the right things. Like I'm eating pretty well. I'm exercising a good amount of the time I'm doing what I should. And I am just dragging and it's very extreme. And we do some blood work and we find they have really low thyroid function. And that is what's causing the fatigue. And it doesn't matter what they do. Their thyroid's still going to be under-functioning and they're going to be really tired. So if you take an honest look at your habits and you're like, they look pretty good, but I am struggling, then I think it's definitely worth seeing a functional medicine practitioner to see if there's something going on. That is so super helpful information. Great. Great. You're not (laughs) the first person we've had on that suggested the outside light going mm-hmm. out and putting your eyes, you know, yeah. towards the sun. I haven't put that into practice yet. And now I need to do that. And I recently was started working with someone and discovered just what you said that I was not eating enough. Mm. I'm a pretty good eater. And I thought, you know, my habits are great. And then when we mm. really looked at what I was eating, it was bad. It's like nowhere near the amount of intake that I needed to be taking mm. in. So I think that that's, even though some of us think we're doing really good, maybe I'm not doing as good as I thought. So Angelina is a super healthy eater. 
very conscious of what she puts in her body. But we were just talking about this the other day about the intake. Yep, just not enough. It's just like you said, we get busy and, you know, next thing I know, it's like, I'm just, uh, it's a boiled egg and a handful of nuts and I run out the door. Like that's mm-hmm. not, that's, when I really looked at it, that's not enough. So the, I love the tips that you gave because that's really just concrete things that people can put into practice today. And honestly, yeah, the, <laughs> there, it, it's so interesting. Like I work with such a variety, the women that, that work with me, I've seen it all like, and, and even women, there's so many women who are trying really hard. Like a lot of the women in the group program, they're like, I've tried like really extreme diets and they've done a lot of things. They're willing to put in the work, but they're like, this is not working for me. And so I think that's another, another helpful thing to look at. If you're asking yourself, like, should I work with someone? And it doesn't have to mean you're working with a functional medicine practitioner to do like lab work and testing and work one-on-one, but even something like what I'm doing, like a group program, not necessarily with me, but like some sort of medical practitioner who's doing something in that format and educating you. I think it can be really helpful if you have tried some things and they're not working, like you have to change the input to change how you feel. You can't keep doing the same things and expect a different result. And so that's just a really easy question to ask yourself. If you're like, well, yeah, I'm tired, but I tried a few things and they're not working. It's like, well, seek some help. I think that's something helpful to keep in mind too. Taylor, there's several different types of functional practitioners out there, right? There's dietitians, there's physicians and PEs. From your perspective, what what is the difference between what you do on the nutrition side versus like when to seek out like a physician or an NP? I know that you guys tend to work together pretty closely, but is there a difference in what you guys offer in terms of the services and the, the lens that y'all look through? Every practitioner is going to be different, right? But in my experience and the, the practitioners that I work with do a really great job. They're typically looking at things through more of a medical lens, there could be prescription. So something I am not able to do as a dietitian is order a prescription. I can prescribe supplements and I can order lab work and I can do kind of everything else. But as far as prescriptions, like an antifungal prescription, if they have, if somebody has like really severe candida and naturally antimicrobials aren't working or a woman who's entering menopause and they're going to go on hormone replacement therapy, those are things that are outside of my scope and I'm unable to do that thyroid medication as well. So that is something that requires medical management. And I think that it's so helpful to see a functional medicine practitioner, like an NP or a PA or a doctor who can not only prescribe those things, but also is looking at it through a functional medicine lens and is more familiar with like even thyroid medication, for example, When they look at a lab panel, they're not just going to be looking for something that's flagged as out of range. They're going to be keeping optimal levels in mind. And they're also going to be keeping your symptoms and your story in mind too, which you're not going to get in a conventional medicine setting. So I think if there's some sort of medical condition happening or a need for prescriptions, then it's so helpful to see a functional medicine practitioner who is a doctor or a nurse practitioner or a PA. What I do is different in that I am more focused on the nutrition and lifestyle piece. So like when I work with a practitioner, 
there's like a nurse practitioner, you know, Brandy, but there's a nurse practitioner that I work very closely with. And a lot of times what happens is when we're both seeing a client, like she is looking at more of the medical stuff and seeing if there's a need there. And then I'm working more closely with the client to address their current diet, to address their lifestyle habits and see like, how can we work on the root causes of this and, and fix those, those issues with nutrition and lifestyle changes and supplements when necessary. I'm doing like all the, the footwork I'm doing the day-to-day stuff and the nurse practitioners, PAs, doctors are more so like identifying medical issues, ordering prescriptions when necessary, that sort of stuff. Thanks for clarifying. Cause I've, I've had that question before and I'm like, I don't really know how to answer it because they work so closely together, but I know one does medical and and we talk about like certain health conditions but the other one does this does Mm -hmm. health conditions but at the same time we talk about diet so (laughs) everyone works together so seamlessly so it's it's such a great process because it's not like well this person said this or this person said this Mm -hmm. you guys are so in sync going back to your group program i am so excited for you i think that you're going to be able to help so many people and i looked into the program as well and i think you know there's just so much valuable information that you're sharing even down to hormone uh what is it i don't know if the right word is stressors but even environmental things yes or hormone disruptors hormone disruptors thank you that Mm -hmm. we don't even think about and so i love that you're covering kind of the gamut of things that we need to be thinking about that we may not necessarily be aware of or have all the access to the to that information so I have to say thank you for taking the initiative to do that. And and it's been so exciting to see your journey and how, how you've grown and where you're going. It's a pleasure that I've been able to kind of be a part of that. I appreciate that so much. That's really <laughs> sweet. Thank you. Of course. Angel, do you have any other questions before we move on to our other segment? I wanted to ask how people can find you and follow you because you've given so many great tips today. I think people are going to want to follow up. <laughs> um, the best place to follow me is Instagram. I, yeah, I'm posting on the rug over there. So it's just plate and canvas is the name. And you can, you can follow me there. It's a good place. And I do have a website with like a blog, which I'm not very, I can't do it all. I'm like, I've, I put a lot of emphasis on Instagram. So I do have a blog and you can just go to plateandcanvas.com to read the blog and then learn more about my services, the group program, all that good stuff. Awesome. I love the name plate and canvas. You're going to see me. I know it's so nice. You're going to see me again. I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Taylor, before we move on to our next mini segment, is there any other comments that you want to share as kind of a leave behind for our audience? I would say trust your instincts when it comes to your body and what you're feeling. Uh, in my experience, and then I would say 99.5% of the women that I work with, they at some point have been told like it's in your head. And I promise that it's not. So if you feel like something is off, like explore that and don't settle for a doctor telling you like, no, you look okay. Like trust that. And if you're not finding answers in conventional medicine, seek out functional until you find the answers, you know, your body best. And Not only do you know when things are off, but also trust your instincts when you eat a certain food or you're doing certain things and see how your body responds to it. Cause that's the, everybody is different. And so there are these basic principles that we want to keep in mind, but they're 
there are differences between us and something that works really well for one person is not going to work quite as well for the next. So trust your body, trust your experience, listen to what your body's telling you. I know that you're able to kind of cross borders. And so if anyone in the country wants to work with you, they, we've just shared how they can reach out to you. But in the event that, you know, they want to work with someone closer or have more access in person, how, what is the right way of going about trying to find someone? I would keep a few things in mind. I I honestly think that a Google search is a pretty solid place to start because you can look at reviews. And I sadly think that some places have fake reviews, like they'll have friends and family leave reviews and stuff. So you can't trust all reviews. But if you look at a practitioner and they have like 45 star reviews, that's a pretty solid start. And then I would look into their background and their education. I generally would recommend working with a medical practitioner who's in the functional medicine space, someone who is either a registered dietitian or a nurse practitioner, a PA, a doctor who is also functional medicine certified. So you want to work with someone who, yeah, has the good reviews, obviously has worked with others and has been successful and then also has the education, the expertise, the knowledge to, to really help you and to understand the human body. Um, those are the two things I would keep in mind. Is there like, um, like a certification, like a certification that they would look for, or maybe a certification website where they may list out different people in an area? Yeah, there are a few certification programs out there. My credential is IFNCP through IFNA. So that's one certification. Uh, But I do know there's one other certification program for registered dietitians. And then the one for just like general practitioners, I want to say it's just IFN. IFMCP is just an integrative functional medical certified practitioner. And then for me, it's IFN as in Nancy CP. So it's integrative and functional nutrition certified practitioner. So either of those certifications, it's going to just depend on their, if they're a dietitian versus like a doctor or a PA, but those are certifications to look for. Awesome. Thank you for that. All right. Time to move into our next mini segment. It's called, let me tell you something. So mine right now is I'm a partially recovering perfume junkie. (laughs) I haven't fully recovered, obviously. So my go-to scent every day is amber oil. I love it. Um, I get so many compliments on it, but I recently added a perfume to like take it to the next level when I go out and it's by Dime Beauty, which is a clean, yeah, I like that. I use their brow gel um, and their mascara is good. It's a good brand, but they have a perfume called Don Le Bois. And it is like a solid dupe for the Baccarat Rouge, which is like a $300 perfume. And it is an amber oil like base, kind of musky, but also sweet. So many compliments. I've like layered that with my amber oil and I smell amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to write that down. It smells so good. And um, I really, I like that brand overall. So that's my thing right now. Love it. Oh, okay. Mine, have you guys heard of Gua Sha? Oh, yes. We talked about this. Uh, was it with Kendall? We talked about Gua Sha, I think. Maybe. I think okay. so. I, th- I remember the I remember us talking about it a yep. little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's kind of I feel like Gosha's maybe old news to a lot of people, but 
Holy cow. That is something I, I'm the type of person just genetically, I wake up and my face is pretty puffy. Like I'm just a, a puffy morning face and gua sha <laughs> has like changed, changed my life. I do it every morning. Like even if I am, if it's a hectic morning, I still do the gua sha, like something else will give, like I will do the gua sha for like two minutes. So that, that is my, uh, my, my recent, have to do it in the morning routine some some good skin oil and some gua sha just it's going to be a good day I love it what is it that you do again with it yeah it's like so it's just like flat stone and you basically do like a it's not a facial massage it's stimulating lymphatic flow so I mean I think we've talked about this brandy but your body has a circulatory system so like your heart is constantly pumping blood throughout your body but our lymphatic system is only movable if we move it, like actual movement. So exercise moves lymphatics or moves lymph throughout the body. But with our face, it's like, it's kind of hard to, to move lymph through your face. And so gua sha helps move it and basically makes your face less puffy in the morning. And it just feels so nice. I've I started doing it too. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's such a game changer. So you basically will go like, I think you generally are supposed to start like down here at your chin and you like kind of like move up. So I'll do like up one side and then down, like down the neck because you have lymph nodes here. And so you like kind of like flush out any stagnant lymph there and then you do the other side. Yeah, it's great. Great start to the day. I'm going to look into it. Okay. <laughs> what Taylor tells me to do, I do. <laughs> Speaking of in the last call that, that I had with Taylor, she's like, you need to do more strength training. Cause mm. I much prefer cardio for my attention span. Cardio just does my mind better. And between going to a pelvic floor therapist who had a Pilates reformer there and, and having little Taylor in the back of my mind about doing more strength, <laughs> what I decided to do was start Pilates. And I've been doing it for quite some time, but this morning, here's my, let me tell you something. I was in a deep sleep and my alarm woke, like woke me up and I had a 6 a.m. gym appointment to go to my reformer class. And I went on to cancel the class because I was way too tired and in a deep sleep. And I was standing up next to my bed. And as I went to press cancel, I had a little pep talk with myself. And I said, <laughs> you're already standing out of the bed. You will only get 30 extra minutes of sleep. Just do it. And and then I had Mel Robbins in my head saying like, five, four, three, two, one, just go. Oh my God, I almost said that. I almost said, did you do a Mel Robbins? So I had all these like people who've been educating me, <laughs> who may know me or may not know me. Like Mel Robbins, she has no idea who I am. She's our friend, she just doesn't know yet. <laughs> and so I went and I'm so happy because I got my strength in. I feel much better when I work out in the morning. And I'm really proud of myself for just like doing it and it. not talking myself out of it. <laughs> I love my Robbins too. We're, we're kind of, we're a little obsessed with her. Uh, <laughs> the, the five, four, three, two, one is it's, yeah. uh, it's a, such a simple concept, but mm -hmm. yeah, I've used it. And I was with you this morning when my alarm went off, I was just, oh, I was sleeping so hard and I was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> but I got up. Well, we won't go into what happened to me this morning. <laughs> I'm still in shock. It's just, so many little things had to happen for that for that to happen, but it's okay. We made it here. Yeah, maybe your body needed it. I suppose so. <laughs> so next segment is rapid fire. So these are questions we ask all of our guests, Taylor, and it's a way for us to get to know you better. 
So we're just going to roll through and learn more about Taylor. What is your go-to guilty pleasure or just your go-to for every day? Like, do you wake up and do yoga? Do you get Starbucks? Do you, I know you said you gua sha. I was about to say, she's gua sha now. <laughs> gua sha and like some, I love high quality, like non-toxic skincare. Okay. That's on. And then anything that has to do with dark chocolate, guilty pleasure for sure. I do love dark chocolate. Oh, Which, I love it. Um, You said you use an oil for the gua sha. Which one do you like? Mm-hmm. The one that I'm liking recently, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's QET is the brand mm-hmm. there. All their stuff is so great. I actually ran into like the actual physical shop in California this summer and love their stuff. Highly recommend. Good to know. I love to hear this one. I know you're currently in Austin, but if you could live anywhere for a year, other than where you are, where would you live and why? There is a place in California called Encinitas that I love discovered it last summer. And it's like this, I think it's becoming more popular, but it's this little like surf town, but just so cute. And like the best food and laid back people, beautiful weather every day. And I would love to live there for a year or longer. Is that SoCal? <laughs> is it? So- yes, is- it's Southern California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have some friends that are in, they call it slow town, San Luis Obispo. Oh, and that's Southern California. Southern is beautiful there. Mm-hmm. Really pretty. Much better weather than what we get here in the South. <laughs> yeah. um, what is your favorite way to spend a day off? You could plan it exactly how you wanted it. What would you do? I love some sand volleyball. They have lots of courts in Austin. So some sand volleyball with some friends. If it's warm enough, take a dip in Barton Springs, it's like a natural springs here in Austin. And then some really great Mexican food. Brady and I are big fans of Tex-Mex. Mm. <laughs> you guys need to come to Austin. Yeah, I haven't been. It's been a while. I think the last, whenever we went, I got, it's been a long time, but I want to go. What's your favorite Mexican restaurant? Depends on what I want. I really love mole mm-hmm. and they have amazing mole at Leach's Cantina. Prob- probably Leach's. Okay. I added it to the list, B. Okay. <laughs> So we love this. Everybody's answer is always a little bit different. I love to hear if you could tell yourself, your younger self, one thing, what would that be? I would say go easy on yourself. Like just take it easy. That's all going to work out fine. I love that. We've had so many, a lot of guests have said, everything's going to be okay. It's all going to work out. And I actually watched going back to Mel Robbins. There was something she had posted yesterday She said, instead of like stressing, catastrophizing, tell yourself, what if it all works out? Mm, I love that. And I was like, huh, it's so simple, but such great advice. So thank you for reiterating that point. Yes. Taylor, this has been such a great talk. I learned a lot. As I said before, I'm coming back for you. So I hope everyone, I hope everyone really enjoyed this conversation. If you want to follow Taylor, which you should, she is on Instagram at plate and canvas also online plate and in our show notes. We will link, we have all the things linked that we chatted about today and we hope that this was helpful and, um, you know, we can go into this next chapter of our lives well-informed and prepared. Yes. So thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Really from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. 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 Thank you all for joining us in today's episode. 
The information provided in today's episode is for informational purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. We advise our audience to consult a medical professional or healthcare provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. Thank you all again for joining us on another episode of Talk 40 to Me, and we look forward to next week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening in. And as a member of our community, we want to hear from you. Follow us on social at Talk 40 to Me podcast and share your feedback on today's topic. How is the conversation relevant in your life? And is there a topic you'd love to hear us discuss? On that note, cheers to aging gracefully, living life to the fullest, and enjoying another day with your besties in life.